Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode five of Platanos and Grits. I'm Tyler Kemp, and along with me, as usual, Enrique. You usually say my name. That's no, I don't. Saying. That's not true. Yes, you do. Sometimes you say only, it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I got my mom got mad at me the first time when I said your name. She was like, Enrique has a name. He can say his own name. He could talk. Mom. So yes, mom. She, he could talk. That was and, my first time on radio. I was scared. Yeah, it's okay. But no, he's much better now. I was a little boy, now I'm a grown man. All right, let's get into what we usually start off with, the state of the culture, where we go around what's going on. Within mm, wait, the news first of all, oh, okay. PSA, we're available on Spotify, Oh yes. Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. and Google Podcasts, so now you really have no excuse not to listen. Thank you. That was my, that was my PSA. All right, so if you're not going to listen to us live, you can find other ways to listen. We got that covered. All major... Podcast platforms. Find us on all of them. Thank you. We ready? Okay. Now Let's ready. get into it. All right. So, like I was saying, the state <laughs> of the culture is usually how we start off every show, and we're just going to keep it that way. And this is where we break down all the pop culture topics that are going on in the world. And once again, Ariana Grande is the first name that we have for our first two events. She's just been everywhere. I'm going to need her to relax. This is all promo for her album. I mean, I'm not mad at her if this is what she's going to do. But first it's of all, out on Friday. should we start with the song or the tattoo? I'm going to start with the song because the song is, the tattoo is about the song. So, right. Ariana, let me get closer. Ariana Grande did a remix of Seven Rings with Two Chains. Um, I saw this coming just because, like, if you watch the video, like, the whole Trap House vibe, like, that that was, like, Two Chains thing. Mm-hmm. Um literally like a whole album about it so i wasn't really surprised when she alluded to it on twitter um it wasn't that good i could have done without the the remix or with a different artist honestly it would have been better with soldier boy oh i think it would have been better with soldier boy at this point could just copy and paste the pretty boy swag and sped it up a little bit we got technology actually there's a video on twitter which is it kills me every time i watch it it's someone like mashed up Seven Rings, Pretty Boy Swag, the song by Princess Nokia, a Two Chains song. And it all flows together? Yes, all of it. I'll show you when we get out. It's crazy. Please do. It's crazy. I mean, um, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah, she also got a... She finished her tattoo. Finished her tattoo. Because, um, like, last... I don't know if we talked about the tattoo We, last we didn't, no. Because um, I think it's happened in between shows. Okay, so in in... During the week, she got a tattoo. Uh, she got a tattoo of um, seven ring. What well, was supposed to be seven rings in Japanese. Um, and like we talked about last week, how she's fluent in Japanese, but she really fumbled the bag with this one because it did not say seven rings. It says seven grills. Yeah, it says seven grills, and then she tried to fix it. And then she she added because then she what she said was that she just couldn't handle the pain anymore so she had them stopped and that it wasn't as much of a misspelling as it was missing a character and you know like if you're missing something like in right yeah that's one of the main languages like that like the asian language if, yeah. you, if you miss one character you could say something totally different so whatever um she supposed she allegedly got it fixed she had to like be get drugged to, to do it because it was it hurt too much apparently it really hurts to get a tattoo here right i've seen um, i've seen the 
the things on uh, social media about like the pain meter of certain places to get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it goes from like blue to not as painful to like yellow being the most painful. And your palm slash your hand is probably one of the most yellow places. Mm-hmm. It was shining bright yellow. Yeah, but so now, I don't know why she did that. She couldn't have done that anywhere else, but whatever. Right. Um, but now the tattoo says Japanese barbecue finger. Oh, does Translation. It? According to TMZ, yes. Oh, wow. So she's just thinking L's. I don't know what's going on then. Never mind. Yeah, Um. she tried. She could have put seven rings literally anywhere. Arm, ankle, she's, leg. I, well, I don't understand that she's fluent in Japanese. Like, she has done interviews in Japanese. Right. So I don't understand how, like, how do you, like, that's like me getting a, a tattoo in Spanish. Or, okay, in French, a language that I learned. And not getting not not getting it right. Like I I've been taking French for how many years? I don't know that I'm wrong. Right, that would just be not. That's just not being aware of your surroundings at all. Anyways, I'm over it. Next. All right. So. Oh. Another thing that has happened in the last week in between shows is Jussie Smollett, who plays Jamal Lyon on Empire, one of the hit shows about the music industry. I love Empire. Um, I don't know nobody the Lyon so family much. is one of the most iconic families, led by Taraji P. Henson playing Cookie, and uh, why am I Terrence Howard, Terrence Howard playing Jesus Lucius. Oh, relax, man. I'm relaxed. Don't do that. All right. Anyway, led by Terrence Howard and Taraji P. playing um, Lucius and Cookie respectively, and their three sons, and how they deal with the music industry. So, Jussie Smollett plays Jamal Lyon, who is the middle child of the Lyon family in the show. And the actor, Jussie Smollett, actually got attacked in the city of Chicago where they film Empire by two assailants. And there hasn't been a lot of details that have come out, but there have been a couple. There's been um, one of them said that this is MAGA country. If you don't know what MAGA stands for, literally just look at the 2016 election. And that's what 45 pretty much ran on, which is Make America Great Again. Um, allegedly there was bleach poured on Jesse. There was a noose tied around well, his neck. Apparently it was now, it's like not bleach. Now it's like an unknown chemical. So like an it wasn't bleach. Um, it, the, the assumption was that it was bleach when it was happening. Right. And um, then he got beat up. They were calling them racial slurs, gay slurs. And you could pretty much piece those together, which, which two they were calling them, the ones that hurt the most. So Enrique, your initial reaction to when you heard this news come out early this week? I was mad. I mean, like, obviously I was mad. Um, it's just, like, you think that, like, maybe we've moved somewhere in life. Like, maybe we've we've reached a point where this stuff doesn't happen anymore. Right. And, like, I, obviously that's that's very ambitious given, like, the government and the the current administration and who's in power and who's empowered by him. But these people are getting bold. <laughs> Like bold, bold, and and it's 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 scary, obviously, because like you never know if that's gonna happen to like you or to me or like that's gonna happen over here. Like we don't, we're not in Philly. That's this true. is not an area of color. Like, any sort of I've, I've I've driven through this area, and the amount of Confederate flags that I see is crazy. Every day, it's, be, it's very subtle, but they're here. They're around, so it's it's you know it's scary because you never really know what's gonna happen. And that's just another... Uh, Chicago... Chicago's a city city. Like, you would think that in, like, a, a, a liberal-ish city that this wouldn't happen. 
Right, you would think so. Like Philly's a city, city. So what? Next time I go to Philly, like that's gonna happen to me. That's gonna happen to one, of, like one of my friends. I think one of the one of the things that scares me the most about this incident, and I talked about this in my recent ethnic relations class. Shout out Professor Rory Kramer, <laughs> is that being a celebrity doesn't protect you anymore from these yeah, issues. Yeah, because before, fact that, like, who would do that to a celebrity? Right now, if this was like a regular Joe Schmo, black and gay man walking across the street. Then obviously that's terrible, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw that happen. If they got beat up and jumped and called racial and gay slurs, I get that. But Jesse Smollett, who's a part of one of the biggest TV shows in America right now, because they knew he was from Empire, because they identified him right as that N word and F word from Empire. That's what aren't you that blank blank from Empire right and then continue to beat him up like they knew who it was right so Professor Kramer was telling us that celebrity status doesn't even matter anymore in this situation mm-hmm. now this is just Not if you're black. a worldwide issue and he actually released a statement about an hour ago um he said I am not and should not be looked upon as an isolated incident which I think is great because he said let me start by saying that I'm okay which is obviously the first thing he's safe but then he said I am not and should not be looked upon as an isolated incident which means that there's more out there. He's right. The only reason why this is getting attention is because he is a celebrity. Right. And I'm glad that he's using the platform that he does have to let people know that this happens more often than we think. This isn't just a celebrity getting beat up once and being called racial and gay slurs based off of his identity. This is a real world problem all day, every day. So hopefully Justin gets better. Everything's back to normal because he has a concert, I believe, actually today in L.A., and he said he's still scheduled to perform that earlier this week. Um, hopefully he gets out there. Hopefully all is well. Um, and I just hope he keeps doing this thing. Does he have his own music? I didn't know. I, I guess he does. I he mean, has I, a concert doubt, in LA. I doubt he's going to be singing Empire songs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, listen. He's, ta- he's talented. Listen, enough. Empire songs are bops. And nobody oh, yeah. can tell me different, okay? You're right about that. Period. Those songs are, they're all lit. All, all right. of them. I mean, Let's move them, to but. the Carters. One of our favorite celebrity families. Okay, so and you put this on. So I put all of them on. Well, <sighs> anywho, <laughs> um, Beyonce and Jay Z are holding a contest slash like, I don't know what you want to call it, but basically, they're offering free concert tickets for life for the winner of this thing, and basically it's surrounded a- around going vegan. So like, I don't remember. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, I want to say around 2016, 2017, Beyonce made this whole big deal about this big announcement that she was making, and it was that she was going vegan for one month. Not even for, like, her life. She's going vegan one month of the year, I think. And you know people went crazy for that. Um, And, like, that was, like, the end of the world. And I, she might be full vegan now. I'm, I'm not sure. She's very private. Um, But, yeah, I think that's cool, like, promoting healthy eating. Concert tickets for life? Well, not for life. The fine print says 30 years, but... Well, I mean, honestly, they'll be in their 60s and 70s, respectively, by that time. Yeah, for life, as in, like, as long as we're performing. Right, until they retire. And imagine if they retire, like, two years from now, then you just played yourself by going vegan. (laughs) That would be bad. But my question is about this. How is this going to be judged, just purely based off logistics? Do you have to post every meal? You probably have to like send Instagram, to, yeah, probably like Instagram. You have to do like, like submitting pictures. Carter Vegan Challenge or something like that. Yeah. Because that's a lot of work. You know people are going to be faking most of these meals, right? Oh, absolutely. I would too. Beyonce concert tickets? Oh, my Jesus, man. 
for it's, 30 years? It's something else. I mean, it's only, like, one per tour. Like, there's so many, like, stipulations that, like, it's whatever. Like, it's one... You can only go to one concert per tour. That's fine. You can only... But, like, what? Let's. how many tours will they go on that, like, it's you're going to really make use of it? And where is the seat at? Right. There, there, there's a lot of Because a lot if you're putting me here. in a closet upstairs with a little iPad so I can see you, I'm not going. Right. Somebody could live stream it on Instagram for you. So, yeah. There, there's I'll, a lot. I'll just wait for their um their HBO special to come out. There's a lot of logistics. On the run, oh, too. On the run, too. On the run, too. I know what's coming. I know it is. And that that would have been the be- better than any seat I would have gotten at the concert. Oh, yeah. Because so just... HBO Films is great as it is. So, you could just sit on your couch and act like you're there. Hello, I got bopping. my whole life on the run one. That was, that was something special. Mm. Anyway, actually, speaking of... um, I don't know. Speaking of what? What am I talking about? Anyways, just... Anyway, <laughs> speaking of a Rock Nation member, a guy who's been affiliated with Jay-Z throughout most of his life as a star, LeBron James is doing a lot more, not just on the basketball court and coming back earlier this week, but off the basketball court, as he has partnered with Octavia Spencer on a Netflix original series about, is it the life of Madam C.J. Walker, or is Octavia just playing um, Madam C.J. Walker? I just know that it's something along the lines of about Madam C.J. Walker, because Octavia is playing her, LeBron is one of the executive producers, and in the negotiation, what made this so special is that LeBron demanded that Octavia gets equal pay of her male counterparts. Period. This, friends, is what we call allyship because where do you ever see men who are getting paid significantly more than women making sure that the women get paid the same i have never in my life not in like not with celebrities at least right i've seen women back up other women to try to get them paid but this is probably one of the first times i've I've seen like and like a big not like physically big but like i mean he is physically (laughs) big but like a big a household name like doing this for some for someone who's also like a fantastic act like wow I was like I mean I wasn't shook because I know he's like this mm-hmm. he's very unproblematic I love LeBron he's like uh, unproblematic fave no he he does everything everything right he just does it anything that he touches turns into gold now I just much. gotta see Savannah on basketball wise that's it no you don't. No, you don't. Uh-uh. Do not tarnish the James family like stop. that. Stop. I mean, stop. What? Leave Savannah what? away from them. What? Tarnish. It doesn't have to be a tarnish. She could revolutionize the show. It revolutionize? Could turn, it, it could turn into something you think they different. See, you think they want to see her? You think they want to talk about how her father-in-law is somebody that LeBron used to play with? But I ain't going to get into that. I mean, that's what the show's supposed to be about. Savannah doesn't need that in her life. She really don't. It's her. She could chase her own bag. You know how much money they would give her to be on that show. VH1 has coins. VH1 paid Keisha Cole two million dollars to be on V on Love and Hip Hop for one season. For once, two million for one season. I heard of Keisha Cole ever since. First of all, don't play Keisha Cole. Oh no, she Keisha Cole's great. Don't get me wrong. I love her, but Love and Hip Hop. If that's what we got to do now, we got to revert to reality television to get our bag. Is that what? I don't the think she had to, but. I would do it for $2 million. Well, of course we would do it for $2 million. We're college. We're college students. We're poor. If I were her, I would still do it for $2 million. A bag is a bag. $2 million is a lot of money. You're right. Because when's the last time she hit a lift for $2 million? Just purely based off of music. I'm asking. Love. 
<laughs> oh. Oh, um, man. I mean, whatever. Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, I will say, is the most decent of the four now. I don't even get involved. It's in those, it's man. it's the most like once it started. Ray adding, J's on it. Ray J. Lil Fizz was on it. Omarion used to be on it. Soldier Boy was on the first season. He was. He sure was acting real crazy. Um, who else was on it? Too many people that flamed out a while ago. <laughs> That's yeah. That one is more for like Hollywood people that like just didn't go anywhere. Right. The other ones are more for people that are trying to come up. Mm-hmm. I've realized that. Okay. That makes Cause, sense. Because, like, Tiara Marie's on that one. And, like, if you remember, Tiara Marie and Rihanna were coming up at the same time. And then, but then Rihanna took that. Right. One just stepped over the she other. She took that spot. She's like, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, ma'am. It's my turn. But, yeah. Um. Anyway, let's move on to something else going on with Netflix. There is a documentary coming on that has been released over the last couple of weeks called Fire Festival, the greatest concert that never happened. Enrique, I'm gonna ask you one question. Did you watch Fire? I didn't have time. You I didn't? was on duty. I so forgot you two had thirty du- in the morning. You're already right now. I forgot you got stuff to do. I mean, not that I mind. Obviously, anyway, I'll job, give you a brief synopsis. I've of, read up on it though, so like I'm not dumb. We gotta give the people a brief synopsis of what's okay. going on. Jesus so there was this guy, Christ. Billy McFarlane, young guy, just about twenty six or twenty seven. I believe he was an entrepreneur, according to his Wikipedia profile, (laughs) which is funny, but neither here nor there. And he decided that he wanted to create the biggest concert of all time. And what he wanted to do is that he wanted to have a music festival on an island in the Bahamas, bring a bunch of A-list artists out, um, bring a bunch of A-list models out as well in order to promote the event. And then it kind of fell apart when he brought in Ja Rule. I'm kidding. Anyway, Ja Rule was his number one business partner. He was his right-hand man throughout the whole process. And this was a multi-year thing. Um, he had models like Kylie Jenner, um, Haley Baldwin. Who Kylie else? Jenner's not a model. Yo, man. All right. The word that they use in the film most of the time is social media influencer. Okay, is that, that makes that sense. Is? Yeah. All right. Emily Ratajkowski, model slash social media influencer. She was also there, and they all promoted this event, thinking that this was going to be the greatest thing ever. The problem was, it all fell apart. None of the artists showed up. The catering service fell apart two weeks before, because this was very recent. This all happened in 2018, mm-hmm. like in the spring, around I May. I remember seeing the pictures. Right, April and May is when the concert was supposed to happen, like the last week of April, first week of May in that region. It never happened, and um, Billy McFarlane got fined $26 million dollars. Because that's how much he made for the whole thing. And he's also serving six years in prison for fraud and <laughs> all that other stuff that you can imagine. Just scamming. Just being a pure scammer. And honestly, I read up a little bit on Billy McFarlane because remember, the theme, the theme of our show is research. This he, man is, he is on this man is a big Joanne, scammer. And the scammer. He, he is Joanne. He is a big time scammer because he had this like black card called Magnesis. That actually didn't work, and he had people promoting it. He had Jim Jones promoting it, and so, I read so something. So I have a question. Yeah. So do we think that Ja Rule also got played? Because he said he got played. Do we believe him when when he says he gets he got played? I think when you're in too deep like that, looking look at Ja Rule and his career, talking about people coming up together. Him and Fifty were neck and neck back in the early 2000s, and then obviously Fifty becomes who he becomes, and he's just still dissing Ja Rule to this day, 15 years later. Ja Rule claims he got played, but at the same time, I've read stuff saying that he's caught lawsuits and civil suits and all that other stuff, too, because he was the 
face that everyone knew. Billy McFarlane was the money guy, but Ja Rule was all all up in the videos, dancing, like Suge Knight once said. But he was everywhere, doing promotional events, interviews, parties, performing. I'm like, what do you have to perform that's past the year 2004? Anyway, Ja Rule... Did you catch him at the, v, the, um, the VMAs? I did catch him at the VMAs. I was shook. I did catch him he at the VMAs. He came out of the... I don't even know what... I did, and I was... Not even I was the like, Woodward. He came out year? the swamps. I was like, what year is it? But anyway, yeah, no, I don't believe Ja Rule got played at all. Really? He played himself, if anything. Okay, well, well, yeah, but like... Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, do you think he knew what was going on? Or like, do you think he just... I think acting? he was just along for the ride so much, because there was one line towards the end when everything fell apart, where there was a Skype call with all the big figureheads of Fire Festival, all the business people. Ja Rule said, this wasn't fraud... Let's just call it false advertising. Oh, he knew. Good night. Come on. Never mind. Canceled. That's it. Um, I think State of the Culture is closed out with that. But yeah, no, Fire Festival. Not. What oh, do you mean? it's because, okay, you see, I had some things. Um, okay. But you're right. It was. It's almost closed out. All right. so, they, what else? Because we got to take commercial breaks, man. I'm dying oh, over here. Oh, my God. No, you're not. Um, how do you know how I feel? Okay, because I know you. Ready? No. Our boy Daniel Hernandez. Oh Lord. <sighs> copped a plea. A what? He took a plea deal. A plea, he yeah. he pleaded guilty. Right. He yeah. copped a plea, but he also ratted on his crew. In true rat fashion, mm-hmm. he I guess he's gonna he's testifying against the people that are incarcerated alongside of him. How that's gonna end up for him when he gets out of jail? I genuinely think he's gonna die. Like. I'm not even joking. Like I, I honestly think that someone's gonna kill him. Like genuinely, you can't hang around these people, and then when you get arrested for hanging around these people, rat on these people, and then put them in prison for the rest of their lives, and then expect their friends not to do anything about it. And for those that don't know, Daniel Hernandez is Takashi Six Nine, Rainbow Hair Man, Rainbow Everything, but who's a blood in New York, but a crip in California? Why? It doesn't all add up. But no, I think when I look at the rise and fall of 6 9 as a rapper and going down, usually when you see guys go down and you see the face of a crew take the fall, they take the fall and they take it hard. I think one of the only instances where I've seen the figurehead of said crew that was also a rapper that got incarcerated that didn't have to do as much time was probably Bobby Schmurda because he had all those people in GS9. They were all on the same page. They all took a fall for Bobby. Bobby should be getting out sometime in 2020 or 2021 when he was supposed to be in the cut for a lot longer. But now I think Hernandez is supposed to be in for, I saw something saying 47 years at minimum. If he, if he gets caught on every charge. But he's cooperating, so he's not going So to. he's cooperating, and I don't think he's going to catch that much. Also with his celebrity profile, probation, fines, if all that other stuff. If you throw him in for 47 years... Obviously, I don't wish prison on anybody, but I'm not going to miss him. Right, he had a good run. I'll say um, that. Okay. Um, oh, oh moving God. on. Dream Doll. Fellow Bronx person, because I can't call her anything else. We're on the radio, no cursing. Mm-hmm. Dropped a diss track called On Your Head. Um... To the beat of a 50 Cent song. I don't remember which one. Um, and it's about 
Tyler's friend Tory Lanez. It's not my friend. I'm not famous. <laughs> I listen to his music. Oh my god. Anyways, so this this track, I I, I looked at Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. I got the opinion of the people, and the people have felt it. The people have declared her victorious with this diss track. It, and honestly, it was really good. Like, the be- the Breakfast Club were listening to it. They thought it was good. Like, Charlamagne was shook. I was shook, honestly. Like, isn't this the same man that said he would rap through all of... What's it called? Dream, Dreamville. J-, J. Cole's people, yeah, Dreamville. All of Dreamville to get to J. Cole. Like, as if it were a Pokemon gym. Like he was gonna battle everybody, and then get to the get to the ball. Good night. Get to the gym leader, and he got bodied by Dream Doll. If you get bodied by any by Dream Doll, not even like the most popping of the dolls. She's my personal favorite because she's from the Bronx, but she's I I she's not the the most like popular one. Right, it's probably Cash if anything. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he got bodied so hard by the. I think I think the city of New York just doesn't like him at all because Don Q also got into it with Tory earlier this week. As That's well. why she got into it with him because she he said that. Ooh, I was about to curse. He said that he slept with her. He Tory Lane said that Don Q paid for a feature from Dream Doll just to sleep with her, and then then he slept with her for free, and so that's why she was like, first of all, I never slept with Don. That's my bro, and second of all, I'm about to drag you for. Bringing me to this beef, he you know he took the L when he was congratulating her on the district on the shade room, you know that he right knew. when you ain't, when you ain't got nothing else to say about somebody some clap emojis that, that's that's like if you and me were going back and forth and I and I didn't have a comeback for you and I would just mock what you just said before that I'm I'm done I'm finished, but then on the rap perspective if you congratulate someone for dissing you, cause he got. Three diss tracks dropped on him in the span of 48 hours, I think. Because Don Q dropped two in 12 hours. <laughs> and then Dream Doll dropped hers the, on um, the 50 Cent beat. So, yeah, he's digging himself into a deeper hole. And now he's talking about, oh, Chicks Tape 5 is coming out, which is his R&B mixtapes that he drops every year. So now he's going back so to he's the R&B singing. game. He's back to singing. Okay, you see... And I, stealing beats and samples. Stealing beats I, and samples. I can't do this anymore. All right. I can't. We're going to take a quick break. Because Tyler allegedly needs it. Um, when we get back, we're gonna get into some hot takes. I just don't want us to get fired, man. We're gonna get into some things. We're not gonna get. I wish they would fire me. Oh lord. Um. All right. We'll be back. Jesus. We'll be back. I didn't even have a song. Hmm. We're back with our fifth episode of Blancanos and Grits. Mm -hmm. I'm Enrique. I'm Tyler. You see, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. It's we... Tyler and Enrique. Damn. We tried. That's okay. <laughs> well, section two, as usual, was hot takes, where we talk about pretty much different debate topics, and some of them have to do with what's going on in the world. Some of them have to do with what's going on in Villanova. But these are... Some of them have to do with what's been going on in the world. Oh. Sorry. Well, yeah, that too. So, let's get straight to it. Okay. The Ready? first question... You want to read it? Yeah, I'll read it. First question that we have is, can we criticize Israel, the Jewish state, without being anti-Semitic? Follow-up. Should the United States and other countries be taking such strong positions in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? Some loaded questions right there. Um, the re- First of all, let me give some context. The reason why I was motivated 
talk about this on Saturday. It's well today Saturday today. Um, <laughs> was because I got into a discussion. I wasn't arguing. A discussion on Facebook with some some people from okay. my high school, from our high school. Um, Jesse Leaner, if you remember her. Oh yikes! Um, cause she posted something that just didn't sit well with me. Um, on Facebook, and so you know me. In true Enrique fashion, I had to comment. You had to say what you had to say. Um, I had to give my opinion because she asked a question, and so I answered it. Um, basically, the post was something like, Israeli scientists like find the cure, or say that they'll, they'll have the cure for cancer in the next year. Um, I think every government has said this in the past decade at least twice. So again, like I told her, I would take it with a grain of salt. But what she said was, so would you? So do you still want to boy- boycott Israel, in reference to like the, the the BDS movement and like, the the whole idea of boycotting Israel until mm-hmm. they pull out of Palestine and that well the occupied territories is what they technically called right. Palestine. I said no. I said nope or yup. Yup, I said yup because she said, do you still want to boycott Israel? And I said yup. So she said, I think that's pretty ignorant. And so then we just started going back and forth because um, I just felt like we just had to. Like, I wasn't going to just let that slide um, for a lot of reasons. First of all, and, like, I, I someone so, someone else from our, our high school actually hit me up thanking me for, like, engaging um, because, like, I'm not Muslim. So, like, I don't have that connection. I don't practice Islam. I'm not Palestinian. Um, and I think that's a part of allyship, back to referencing what we talked about earlier with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. It's people who, like, are not, don't have an emotional connection to these places. But still care. Standing up. Because, like, if I were, their first point would have been, you're Muslim, so you're biased. But tell them that they're biased because they're Jewish and it's the end of the world, but whatever. Um, so, to tackle the first question, I obviously... As a, <laughs> a common criticizer, critiquer, criticizer, criticizer of Israel, I don't think you are necessarily anti-Semitic by criticizing Israel. I think you can be anti-Semitic yeah. in the the criticizing of Israel. I don't think you have to be though, because at the end of the day, Israel is a country. So if we're treating it like a child and we're treating it like this porcelain doll that we can't talk about because it's a Jewish state and if we the minute we start criticizing Israel it's anti-Semitic that doesn't make any sense. I think that I I agree with you. I think that you're definitely able to do it. I wouldn't necessarily say you have to walk on eggshells to be able to criticize Israel without being anti-Semitic. Israel is a Judaism. I just think you have to be careful with what exactly you say because, as you said, Israel is the Jewish state, so you don't want to offend anybody, whether it comes from the national perspective or from the religious perspective. So I think that you just have to be aware with what exactly you're talking about within Israel, whether you are talking about Israel the country or you're talking about Israel the Jewish state because I believe they are two different things. As much as they do intersect and as much as they do share in common, I think that there are some things that separate the difference like back in old times the separation between church and state in europe it's similar to that and that that doesn't exist in israel it doesn't that's the whole point like the whole point is that it doesn't exist well i think that 
you kind of have to make that. I understand that you, they can say it doesn't exist, but you kind of have to make that distinction as much as you want to be prideful for your country and for your religion. Why can't the two be separated? Well, because Judaism is a religion, but it's also an ethnicity. Like to be Jewish, to is be also Jewish is an ethnicity. That's true. Right. So like, it's really it's really convoluted, um, to say the least. But I, what I will say is. I like we if we're gonna hold a country to the standard, we have to hold all countries to the standard. So if you feel like you don't want people talking about like here's my thing. A lot of people will criticize like countries that practice Islam, right? But mm-hmm. that's not Islamophobic. Right. Like we can criticize those countries, like we can criticize Saudi Arabia and we can criticize all these other countries for being like too extremists, but and like that's not Islamophobic. It's not because that's just the government of those countries. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in Israel. Like Judaism isn't leading these people to do like these crazy things. Judaism isn't necessarily telling these people go into Palestine and take the land and don't leave. That's not what people's interpretations of their religion is doing that. So that's their business. Like that's them doing that. So yes, I'm gonna criticize Israel as a state. Israel, like, as a government, because as a government, they're doing things that are not right. They're doing things that, if it were another country, would be a, human, a humanitarian crisis. But because it's Israel, the, the child of America and all the other European countries, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Which leads us to our second question. Should the U.S. play such a big role? No. I don't think they should. I all. mean, I understand why they do, because they created Israel alongside with, um, like, a whole bunch of European countries. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this conflict this is something that they foresaw. This conflict is something that's a lot more complicated than just whose land is what. Like, both places have claims to this land. And so I feel like, if anything, we should be facilitating a way for them to solve this conflict, not funding Israel and not, pal- you know? Right. Because the government, this government has stopped giving money to Palestine, period. Like, we used to give a certain amount of money, and Obama, in, like, one of his last executive orders was, like, giving a large amount of money to Palestine. We stopped doing that, because, in like, this country has taken Israel's side in this conflict. I don't think that this conflict is the type of conflict you pick sides in. Like, the only, the only just solution is a two-state solution. A one-state solution is not right, because right. if the one state were Palestine, people would be up in arms. I think that, yeah, you have to have two states because if you have one state in either direction, people are going to feel a way about it. So should countries such as the U.S. and other land, foreign lands around the world take such interest in or not interest, definitely take interest in it because you want to be able to solve this conflict that's been going on for so long and stuff that has preceded us, preceded so many more people pretty much around the world. This is a conflict that has gone on for a really, really long time. Yeah, so I think we used to that, talk about it in high school. Right. And I think that taking a strong position in either direction doesn't necessarily help to build towards that solution. If that solution is to get to two states, then somebody's going to feel a kind of way. If that solution is to keep it at one state, someone's going to feel some kind of way. So I, I double think that, either way. I think that... Supporting one of the countries over the other, it's possible if you do it right. The U.S. is not doing it right. 
The U.S. is literally funneling money into Israel. Money that... Because don't we help them in, from a military perspective? Um, hey, you know how much the U.S. loves war? <laughs> no undeclared that. war. Yeah. They love undeclared war. Shh, shh, um, and, and so, I'm, I'm relaxed. Um, and it's just, it's, it's hard because, like, obviously we don't know. I'm not from Israel and I'm not from Palestine, so I don't know what it's like to live there. Neither am I. But from what... I'm, I don't know, man. Some people be asking questions. Oh, my God. What? Anyways, um, so, I, obviously, I'm not going to speak to the experience of living there, but I will say that if you don't know about the conflict, I would look into it because it is a very serious um, issue. Um, there's a lot of Palestinians that are getting discriminated against, Palestinians that are, have been displaced, Palestinians that are getting killed by the Israeli go- um, army. And, yeah... There are also, like, extremist groups in Palestine that are killing Israeli people. But, again, this isn't about condemning one side over the other. This is about holding the both of them accountable for what they're doing and just trying to find a way where both states can exist. Right. Even where if the people from... in Palestine can just be in Palestine and the people from Israel can just be in Israel. Because the people in Palestine living in Israel are getting discriminated against. So there's no point in... There's no, there's no point. Right. Even if you're not from either Israel or Palestine, even if you just look at it from an American perspective, you don't necessarily have to pick one side or the other. But if you're able to just do research, that, and if you're so gonna that, pick a side, pick the side. At least like, because for me, obviously, I have chosen a side, and my side is like, human beings should not be displaced from their home because a country feels a claim to a certain plot of land that was not theirs. Like Israel didn't exist. Israel was made, and I understand that, but. That doesn't mean that they can go take more land now. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, Palestine was also there before. Right. But my, my final point was that if you look at it from either one perspective or the other, or if you don't, or if you feel indifferent about it, still just do some research about what exactly is going on and so that you're able to have discussions. So if you're literally wherever and somebody breaks out into a discussion about the Israeli and Palestine conflict and somebody comes to you saying, Enrique, what do you think? If Enrique has already done his research and he feels a certain way about it, even if he doesn't, he'll be able to say, oh, I feel da-da-da-da-da, I think that da-da-da-da-da should happen. Whether that's a one-state solution, which is confusing in itself, or a two-state solution, which is harder to get to. But if that's how you feel and that's what you want to get to, then you got to let the people know and you got to justify why. So I think that you just have to be able to know what you're talking about. Like we said from episode one, do your research. And you'll be able to have these kind of talks that are hard to have, but they have to be done. It's just frustrating. It's frustrating. And I'm sorry to cut you off. It's frustrating when, like, having these conversations with someone who's Jewish. Just because, like, they, a lot of the times, like, they don't. And this isn't to put, this isn't, like, a blanket statement. But in my experience, the people that I've conversed with, a lot of the times, they can't get over the fact that, like, Israel is a Jewish state and to criticize Israel is anti-Semitic. Like, no, it's not. Because at the end of the day, Israel is a government. Like, it's a country It's a, It's a. a country that's doing something. And if the country is doing something that's wrong and someone calls them out for it, it's not anti-Semitic. That's true. It's not. It's you calling out a country for doing something wrong, doing something that they're, they're not supposed to be doing. Right. Um, but... I'm going to leave it at that, just because it's a really complex conflict, and we can talk about it for the rest of the hour. If we um, really wanted to, yeah. So, another question. 
This one is a little spicier. Um, just because this is more about our society. Um, but basically, why do certain people, and I'm going to get into specifics of who I mean by certain people, find it so difficult to acknowledge that Jesse Smollett's recent attack was both homophobic and racist? And by certain people, I mean straight black men in the side of them only seeing it as racist and gay white men in the side of them only seeing it as homophobic. Um, and then there's a follow-up question that we'll get into a little bit later. All right, so let me answer... I'll answer it from both perspectives of the black straight man and the white gay man. Jussie Smollett and his identification of being black and gay and a man, that's three different social identifiers right there in itself. Obviously, black people are going to be up in arms because, honestly, he's one of the faces of black culture to this day with being a part of Empire. And him being brutalized and attacked on a street in Chicago as a black man by two assailants. Obviously, the race hasn't come out, but you could have an idea based off of the attire that was worn on the day it's going to be seen as racist from the black perspective so that's where jussie's race comes in jussie's sexuality of being gay i think when he's attacked as a gay man that's when the gay community slash lgbtq plus community is going to step in and say hey this was a homophobic attack as well obviously you could see that he got called gay slurs according to the reports and all the other articles that you would read about the situation. So the black community is going to be mad because a black man got assaulted. The gay community is going to be mad because a gay man got assaulted. Now you put those two together and those two communities have always had some sort of tension behind it. I'm not going to say they're conflicting because they're not as at all. You could be black and gay and be a man. You could do all of it, of course. But being black and gay has been taboo throughout our society by and large for a very long time. And I think putting the two together is why some people can't accept it as both racist and homophobic. It's hard for some people to accept it as both. Um, so I think that for me, my opinion is, is very simple. I think that the white gay men who are unable to see that this was also an attack based on his race. It's just simply because they're racist and they can't, they have an inability to acknowledge the fact that it was a racist attack because that would condemn them. Like, that would, if I were a gay white man, and I'm not, um, who would not who who didn't acknowledge the fact that Jesse was attacked not only for his sexuality but also his race. If I only acknowledge the sexuality piece and I didn't acknowledge race, I am condemning myself. Like I am condemning myself for because I I'm acknowledging the fact that racism is bad. I'm acknowledging the fact that it's a real thing and I'm acknowledging the fact that people get are getting attacked for it. That's why they're not doing it. Because if they're doing that, then they are putting themselves in a situation where they're realizing, crap, he got attacked for his race. He got called the N-word. I, like, I, I do that in my free time. 
I can't acknowledge the fact that that was wrong because then I'm acknowledging that I'm wrong and I'm not wrong. I'm I'm right. In, right. I'm right in my racist ideas. So the, and it's it's the same thing on the flip, for the, the the straight people of color, the straight black men. It's the same thing. If you acknowledge the fact that his attack was in part homophobic, and that his attack has to do with his sexuality, you are acknowledging the fact that homophobia is a thing and that it's evil and that it's wrong. But why would you acknowledge that? That's a part. That's something that you practice. You know. Right. So it's that that's basically what it is. Like, why? Like you're not gonna acknowledge something. You're not gonna say. It's like if I were if I'm sexist, I'm not gonna say sexism is wrong, because I'm sexist, so I would be wrong. And like, why would I condemn myself? Like if I'm an active like anything, like I I actively discriminate against the community. Why would I also in that same breath say that I'm wrong for doing that? No, I would be I would think that I'm right for doing that because I'm doing it. Right. If I thought I was wrong, I wouldn't be doing it. So that's that's the whole point. Like, I feel like th- there's just an inability to, on both ends of, like, these extreme communities, because obviously not all black men, all not all straight black men aren't, aren't acknowledging this, and not all gay white men, um, like, are ignoring the fact that it was a, a two-pronged attack. Like, a lot of people are acknowledging the fact that it was, just like there's people who aren't and i feel like the reason why they are is what i just said like they're not gonna condemn themselves for believing something that is wrong and like and th- th- like it was wrong that they did that to him like right. obviously it was wrong and if you accept the fact that it was wrong that he was called the, the f word on one side and he was said that it was wrong that he was called the n-word and tied with a, a lint like like a reminiscent of lynching like tied with a noose a noose around his neck you're Acknowledging the fact that what you believe is wrong. And people don't like to challenge themselves and people don't like to think nowadays. People like to just sit around and scroll on Instagram and collect the imaginary bag sitting on the couch not doing anything and not actually stimulating themselves mentally. And part on one end is that people don't have the education and people don't know what it means to have an intersectional identity. People don't know what it means to be more than one thing at the same time. And the other part of it is that people don't want to know because it's not convenient for them. <clears throat> it's not convenient for them. It's not convenient for what they believe. It doesn't go along their their thought process and their, their ideologies. So they don't want to... They don't care for learning about it. They don't care for understanding so like the nuances behind being black and gay and all these other things. And it's not just with sexuality. Like... We see this issue with ability. Like we see this issue with mental health in communities of color. We see this issue with physical abilities in, in communities of color, with gender in communities of color. Like this is something that communities of color struggle with in general. Like not just with race. I mean, not just with race and sexuality. Like a lot of a lot of communities of color don't believe in mental health and don't believe that like that's a thing. It's the same thing. Like it's hard to accept. Or not not hard to accept, but like there were a lot of communities a lot of our communities are struggling to comprehend the fact that you can be like black and something else and you can be like Latinx or Afro Latinx, whatever, and be like have depression and be gay and do this and be that and like have a physical disability and have ADHD and have be dyslexic. Like I don't know. I mean I do know why, but this this all stems from that. Like this all comes from that because the the whole piece about him being gay and black is just another extension of that 
Like, that's an intersectional identity. Right. And people are not acknowledging that because, like I said, either they don't want to or they don't know. Also, off of that point, obviously, that's actually going to be what we're going to be getting into with our um, weekly Black History Month discussion all throughout February about what does it mean to be black in those different lights. And I like how you brought that up because the black community, obviously, from my perspective, I could speak on this. It is frowned upon in the black community. And honestly, I'm not going to say any names. Even in my family, the fact that some people are Same. black and identify as something else, or not identify, but in terms of their sexual orientation, even their gender, mental health, anything you could possibly imagine, they're just frowned upon because as black people, you're taught you got to be strong. You got to be this. The white man's always going to be trying to bring you down. You got to work twice as hard to get just as much. And if there's anything that deters you from getting to working twice as hard to get just as much, you're going to be looked down upon because you're not assimilating to the norms that were put out to you from when you were a child. You were taught you got to find somebody that looks like you, acts like you, all of that in terms of being black and you gotta act a certain way. Talk a certain way when you're around white people. Talk a certain way when you're around black people. Talk a certain way when you're around your family. There's a lot of different perspectives. And if you break one of those norms, you're automatically frowned upon. You will get shunned out of the family. People won't even talk to you. People won't even talk to their own kids, for that matter. People won't even talk to their own brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, nephews, nieces, anything you could possibly imagine. Just because you identify a certain kind of way, whether that's sexual orientation, religion, um, your gender, class, anything, socioeconomic status, you name it. If you don't fit into what was laid out in, for you as a child, then you're pretty much deemed a failure as a black person, which sucks. And hopefully our generation, um, what are we, Generation Z, right? I don't know. We're between, but one of the letters. Generation Z, let's put it there. Hopefully our generation will be able to figure that out. And when our younger ones come up under us, we'll be able to teach them, hey, it's okay to be black and this. It's okay to struggle with mental health and be gay. It's okay to be able to not necessarily identify with the norms that were put out for us when we were coming up as children. I hope that we're able to teach our kids and their kids' kids and everyone else beyond us better than that. And it's like, it's it's sad because a lot of the times, like, these issues feed into each other. So, like, someone who's gay in a family of, like, very homophobic people is probably going to develop depression and probably going to develop anxiety and probably going to develop a lot of other things. And that's only going to make it, you know? Like, right, that, that just snowballs. Gonna keep feed, yeah. like, it's going to, it's a snowball effect. And so... Again, like, this is why I feel like we just all have to do better. Mm -hmm. We just all have to do better. Treat our kids better. And also, we have a responsibility to our parents. Like, obviously, they're from a different generation. But, like, me and mom, I tell her when she's wrong. She doesn't like it, but I tell her when she's wrong. Because as you should. at the end of the day, like, that's my mother. And I'm not going to have my mother <laughs> acting wild out here. Like, we're not going to do that. So... Like, me and mom, we've had, like, a whole bunch of arguments, and we've had, like, a whole bunch of, like, I'm, I'm not, she's not, like, she's not crazy or anything like that, but, you know, like, it's just a part of, like, 
And like now, the way she thinks now is not the way she used to think five years ago. It's not the way she used to think ten years ago. Like obviously, having a son who's like grown up in this generation, um, and this goes for like for every anyone who's our age. Um, if your parents are willing to listen, obviously don't like exacerbate yourself for people who like are not gonna listen to you. Right. Um. She like it. It helped because like she she got a perspective that she didn't have before. Um, but like not, again, not all parents are open to this, and she wasn't always open to it, and she she still isn't sometimes. So I would just like, in your capacity, like, send your parents that one article that you found, and like and like, talk to them about it. Like, see where they're at. Like, if if it's too far of a cause, and you know, if you don't wanna you don't wanna deal with it, don't you don't have to deal with it. But I feel like. It's just, I would feel wrong, like, letting my mother... Like, if my other family members think like that, I don't really care. That's my mom, though. So I would feel wrong letting my mom go about her days thinking about, like, thinking about things in such, like, a... like a In such a binary. That's that's what it is. Like, like you had to either be this or that. You had to... You can't be... You can't be all of this. Like, you, you can't be... You know, like... So I feel like... We have a just like we're gonna have a responsibility to our kids. We have a responsibility to our parents right. and to if we, if enlighten them because we know things that they don't because they didn't grow up in this time. Right, and if even if you can't enlighten your parents, you're always taught another thing. You're taught within the family structure is be better than the previous generation. So like our parents and all their brothers and sisters were always taught to be better than them. That doesn't just mean financially. If you're able to teach your kids, not even just your kids. Because I don't know, some people might not have some, but if you're able to teach your nephews, nieces, and younger cousins the way to live and the way to be accepting of these other identifiers that aren't quote unquote normal, then I think you've already done better. Because our parents, especially our grandparents, are not going to be or haven't been accepting, from my perspective, I believe, of what has gone on in the world and how the world has changed, even in the span of the last five to ten years. So I think just based off that point, each one teach one. One way or another. No matter who it is. Um yeah. Okay. Um so, so the follow up question for that. Um I don't know if you guys have been following this like Grammy situation. Um if you didn't very quick debrief, um Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Grammys um amidst the announcement that he was hosting a whole bunch of old homophobic tweets came out. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to apologize for it because he said he already apologized. I never saw the first apology, but okay. Um, he went on Ellen. Ellen, instead of holding him accountable, was basically trying to like hype him up, saying, "Oh, like, don't let them bring you down." Like, da da da. Like, trying to coddle him. Yeah. Yeah, how much of nonsense trying to coddle him for whatever reason? Um, I wouldn't. I really. I was really disappointed. I wouldn't have expected that from her. Um, out of everybody, I would have expected her to be the one to like level him and mm-hmm. bring him back to earth. Um, and like try to convince him to do it, like to to talk to the academy. Um, he ended up not doing it because he didn't want it to be like overshadowed by these comments, but like. I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. To keep it, keep it a bug. Like it just rubbed me the wrong way. Like he, he made a big deal out of saying I'm sorry, because you said I'm sorry before. Like okay, and. 
you still said it though like you still publicated that it's still on the internet so yeah at any time like if i did that like okay let's say me right mm-hmm. i remember this very clearly when i was younger i used to not really know about abortion so obviously coming from like a religious ish household i figured that it was wrong i was like oh you know like whatever my assumption is that it was wrong like some of my friends thought it was wrong and that was before I knew how to formulate my own opinion. So I was just going along with the grain. Like, my friends thought I was wrong. I think it's wrong. Obviously, they must think it's wrong for a reason. Right. So, like, on back when Ask FM was a thing, like, I got to arguing with somebody about abortion. Because I felt like, in my head, without knowing anything, I felt like it was wrong. And then I actually did research, and I spoke to my mom about it. And then I changed my opinion, because opinions can change. Yeah. Especially when I was, like, what, like, 10, 11, 12, 13? Um, somewhere in that range, maybe, like, probably, like, 12. So then my opinion changed. If somebody were to somehow, and I still apologize for it, if somebody were to somehow get those messages or, like, get those posts and say, what is this, I would, the first thing I would have done is apologize I would be like, listen, I'm sorry, like I was I was twelve, like I didn't really know about abortion. I was talking out of my behind. Um because that's what a grown person would do. Like that is what someone who has really matured and really doesn't think like that anymore, that's what they would do. So that's what leads me to believe that he honestly still feels that way and the only re- that's the whole reason why he made a whole big big deal about not commenting. Because not saying sorry because if you really change and you're really grown and you really don't think that way what what is it to say two words i'm sorry i'm sorry that's right. all you had to say even not even looking at kevin hart look at i mean you know how much i love sports but look at younger guys that said crazy stuff when they were 12 13 14 when twitter just became a thing and when someone gets some sort of success We've seen it on a, a guy that used to play for us last year, number 10, a.k.a. Dante DiVincenzo, everybody's favorite player. He said some buckwild stuff when he was younger. And then <laughs> That's he went, funny. What? That's funny because he plays for the Bucks. I like what you did there. So, yeah, no, he, he said some stuff when he was talking out of his neck when he was back in his younger days in middle and high school. That might have been, that was corny, but that was one of the best things you've done. I'm going to be honest, since we've come on the air, since episode one. Did you, yeah, was that not intentional? No, it actually wasn't. I was just saying buck wild because oh, he was acting wow. crazy. I, I See, didn't even catch it. Like, Good for you. Like, Maybe because we was watching the battle rap videos with Javian <laughs> the other day. That's why you caught buck wild Dante playing for the ball. Anyway, neither here nor there. But Dante said some crazy stuff when he was younger, and he's come out. He's putting the apology behind it after he won most outstanding player of the national championship. Um, Kyler Murray, college football player, also had some homophobic tweets back when he was younger saying some crazy stuff. He wins a Heisman. People bring that back up. Honestly, I don't young like when, Miami, like a whole bunch of people. Right, I don't like when young bunch of people. when people were younger. I understand that they were twelve and thirteen, but I don't like bringing up tweets from when people were twelve and thirteen and trying to bring sh- dim their light when it's shining as bright as it is. It's the brightest it'll ever be, honestly. So twelve and thirteen years old, that's kind of weird. But Kevin Hart is a grown. That's the point I'm getting to. Kevin Hart is a grown bleep man. And he was a grown man when he said this. Right. So, <laughs> like... So, the fact that he claims to apologize... You can't blame just being a little kid. Like, right. I used to say a whole bunch of crazy things when I was a little kid, too. We I, all did. I didn't have social media to put it on there. 
But I'm sure if I did, I would have. And then what? When if I get famous, I'm gonna look real crazy. I would have looked real crazy, going back, when they brought that up. Even if I do get famous now, if somehow somebody brings that Ask FM crap back out, like I'm gonna have to slay myself. Right. I'm gonna have to, and that's fine. And that's the I said BS, that. Yeah. Like I said that, right, and that, I believed that at one point. Right. That's the internet and their BS in terms of bringing that back up. But if you're able to look past, not look past, but if you're able to acknowledge you said those things and say i was wrong i thought different when i was x years old back in your younger days and you're able to say i'm sorry for what i said and not even just i'm sorry but like that's just taking actively another step work towards showing people that it's not true right just take some sort of step to let people know that you don't believe this you know ideology about anything about any sort of sort of social identifier and being discriminatory against any social he identifier. Good, he could have had a, gr- a great moment. All he has to do was say, I'm sorry. Like, but no, he threw this whole hissy fit about not wanting to apologize, which is the whole reason why he got the job taken away from him from the beginning, because he didn't want to apologize, because he, I, I already apologized. I'm not apologizing again. Da-da-da-da. They're trying to tarnish my image. No, you said it at the end of the day, as a grown man with agency and with a conscience you said it nobody drugged you nobody forced you nobody held you at gunpoint to say it you felt like you wanted to say that on twitter and that's fine but when people are hurt by your comments apologize because if it were a white comedian who says something about kevin hart or like says something about black people and kevin hart felt some type of way and the white guy didn't want to apologize He'll be up in arms. How much you want to bet? He'll be up in arms. You want to know what's funny? I think this ties back to one of our previous questions talking about black people. This is about the Jesse Smollett situation. Obviously totally different, but the discussion that we had about black people thinking a certain kind of way. Right, because a lot of people are defending him. Like, a lot of people are defending him. Right. On, like, on whatever. Oh, like, he already apologized. Like, what more do you want from him? Like... What what is it to say, I'm sorry, again? Put out a quick... Honestly, he probably doesn't even put out his own tweets at this point since he's so big and so famous that he my probably has is, a PR team to do that. My thing is, if we switch the scenario, and if it were a white person who did that, they would never get the end of it. They wouldn't. Yeah. And rightfully so. And I'm, I'm also rightfully surprised. Rightfully so. I'm also surprised that the Ellen situation, because I saw that, and I was like, Ellen, of all people, is one of the faces of the LGBTQ community. She and the fact that she didn't even challenge Kevin Hart at Kevin, all mm, mm. was beyond me. I thought she would have just done something because everybody loves Ellen. Everybody loves Ellen's show. I thought that she'd be able to do something that would just point towards the situation. And if Kevin Hart would have apologized right there in front of that crowd, in front of that big of a platform that Ellen has, boom, problem solved. But no. And even then, even if he did, uh, did apologize there, I wouldn't have cared because you already threw this whole, like, campaign about how people are trying to smear you. No. All you had to do was apologize, and you chose not to. Why? Because you still feel that way. Also, he later came out and said, I don't want to be an ally to that. Because, like, he was, getting, <clears throat> he was getting criticized for, like, not being an ally. He was, I don't, I don't want to be an ally to the LGBTQ community. What does that tell you? He's homophobic. Straight up. That's it. Like, well, there's nothing else to talk about. You just you just expose your hand right then and there. You just expose your hand. You just you say, Oh look, look at look at me. Hi. Homophobe. Homophobe. I said that back then. 
And I don't want to apologize now because I still feel that way. I'm not going to tell you that. But I still think that in my head. And I'm ju- I just confirmed it because I don't want to be an ally. I have no interest. I have no interest. If but if, if a-, a white celebrity said that, or like any, not even, leave white out of it. If like, let's say like Gina Rodriguez or like, or like America Ferreira or like any any Latina or any like Latino actor has said that about the black community and about Black Lives Matter, he would have been, oh, oh, cancel them. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right. Two I understand if you don't want to be an ally. Okay, whatever. Like, you don't have to do anything. Why would you, like... like? But to verbalize, to put it out there, because something we've learned as communication majors, words matter. They do. All day, every day. And the fact that he put it out there that he wasn't... He's not even to that funny. Ally, he... For all of this, he's not even that funny. I'm tired of him. That's it. He can just go sit wherever he's from, go, go lay down. Sit in his chair. I doubt his feet even touch. I love the how he turned a, a pretty successful stand-up career to acting and just making random noises in his movies. You notice that where he's like, eh, eh, eh. like that. That's what his movie career has been, his entire life after his pretty decent stand-ups that he he had. Well, all I know is you'll never catch me on a Kevin Hart movie ever again. Period. Have you heard of a Kevin Hart movie coming out anytime soon? I don't care. But good for him. Night school was trash anyway. Anyway, should we take a break or should we go into our we first? Should, we only have like 10, 20 minutes. We should just go. Yeah, let's just keep going with it. So, in our first installment of Black History Month discussions, we got a couple questions that we have laid out that we're going to go back and forth on. And we're going to have a discussion about the identity of black being black and living in the United States of America. So, Enrique, our first question, and this is pretty much tied into our main theme of the day in terms of being black and identifying with something else, is there one definition for what it means to be black? And if so, is it uniform? Um, no. I agree. Um, I think that, and this is something that I've experienced a lot here. Um, there isn't one way to be black. There isn't. I'm sorry. For people who think that there is, like, I can't, we can't, you know, like, right. first of all, no one is like, who are you to to decide what's black and what's not? Um, that's like the first point. So like people who like are like very. What's the word? People who are like quick to say, oh, like you're not black enough, like you're not this, you're not that, blah, 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 blah. blah. To me, that's dumb because first of all, who are you? Right, who put you in power to make that decision? Who who made you the decider and 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 the judge of 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 blackness and who's black enough and who's not black enough and who needs to talk more hood and if you're from the suburb? No, that's dumb. Like my thing is, black culture is not a monolith. Um, there's black culture from the south. There's black culture from New York. There's literally cultures of every borough. There's five boroughs. I mean, there's not really black people Saturn Island, but the other four boroughs. There's, like, Brooklyn people and Bronx people are very different. And we have learned that while here. Yeah. Same thing with Queens. The same thing with Manhattan. So you... Even in Manhattan. Even in Manhattan. Wall Street's a whole lot different than Harlem. (laughs) So... A whole lot different. Even Spanish Harlem is different from Harlem. So my thing is, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Why... Like, why are people so thirsty to make black people into one thing, into one image, like, into one idea? Like, why is it that you can't be black if you're from the suburbs? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I think that goes back to the point that we were just talking about 
it's hard for black people to say you're not allowed to be something else. If you're black and living in America, you're supposed to be this one thing. And especially and I think that image has kind of changed recently. Not recently, but over a couple of decades. I think that image has changed a lot more. I think that obviously I'm digging into my history history bag a little bit. Um W.E.B. Du Bois had an image of what black people should be. Booker T. Washington had an image of what black people should be. A whole lot of civil rights figureheads, Malcolm, Martin, um, who else? Garvey, all had different images of what black people should be. So I think that now we're seeing a lot more black people become successful in a whole lot of different ways. The black athlete is successful but why can't the black actor or the black writer, the black musician, why does everyone have to be just one thing that is black? Why can't we separate someone that comes from something else? Why is that the case? I mm-hmm. Because the fact that somebody is able to say to someone, especially in Villanova's campus, tying it back <laughs> to what you said, <laughs> you're not black enough because you do this. You're not Black because enough because suburb, you talk a certain way. You don't. You talk. You talk white. You don't like hip hop. You don't. Black culture is different for a lot of different people. Like that's just not fair to me. Right. Like Regardless They're, of like whether I like you or not, my go to is not going to be to say you're not black. Right. There's not. There's black inner city culture. There's black suburbia. There's whatever you can possibly imagine. There's black culture on the west coast. There's black culture in the south. Like that's that's that's, that's, that's my black culture point. in the Midwest. That's like, my point. Like you can't. I don't think it could be one it's thing. It's not one. It's not one thing, and it can be one thing because not everyone is the same. Like not everyone is the same. First of all, not every human being is the same. Not every black person is the same. So that right there just shows you that there's more than like there can't just be one black culture. There can't because like there's black people that are Muslim. There's black people that are Christian. Right. How, how many there's, social identifiers are there? There's black people that are from the Caribbean. There's black people that are from like that are from like actual African countries. Like, what? Oh, I was about to curse again. Mm. Well, like, what, what? What do you? What do you expect? Like, you can't say that because like I'm from the hood and so and so is from suburbia or so and so is from farmland. They're not black because they don't go through what I go through. No. Your experience is valid as is theirs. Right. You don't go through what they go through. So you'd be upset if they said that you're not black. Right. And I think that also adds into if you're black and from the hood, I think that adds to the narrative of, oh, I came from the bottom. I came from nothing. Like, we had to eat oodles and noodles every day. Like, why is that something you want to look back on and be proud of why not create your own narrative and and build off of the narrative of being from the hood okay fine do that but be something more than that don't be black and from the hood be black and run a company be black and be the next big thing in the music world be black and be the biggest face in journalism be black and be whatever if you want to use that hood thing to claim your roots fine but don't make someone else's experience of being black and claiming their roots to suburbia invalid. You're not allowed to do that because no one puts you in charge of that. If that makes you feel a certain kind of way, then what are you really doing? How black are you then? That's it. He snapped.
I'm like, oh my god, man. Go off. Don't gas it. It's true. You're right. It was either you or me. And somebody had to do it. I'm glad it was you because people think that I'm too mean. I do too. Uh, Not uh, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Oh. <laughs> I almost turned off your mic. I really just did. I'm glad you looked to, this would, way. If you would have looked that way, I know you wouldn't. Turn, I know you would have turned it off. I know you. would. I was about to do the rest. Of, the, the next 15 minutes, I'm about to do it by myself. You keep playing with me. Oh lord. Watch. Okay. Next question. Next question. To what extent do we recognize the Afro Latinx community when it's convenient? Question mark. And what does it even mean to be Afro Latinx? Before we get into that, so this is a little bit of my alley. So I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take this right, one. Take if lead, you don't yeah. mind, um, please do. Imagine like, Tyler, go ahead, explain it. <laughs> I'll be like, um, um Enrique, explain. Uh, I'll be like, Enrique, this fits more with you, so you can hold that down. But since in it my, does, in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. because I'm very humble, I think that it's probably like not probably. I think that basically to be Afro Latinx is just to be black and Latino. Latinx. That's it. It's really that simple. People definitely blow out of proportion. Like people definitely think it's a lot more complicated than it is. I don't think so. Some people do. No, I'm um, saying that I don't think that people should. Oh. Like it's really simple. Like to be Latinx is an ethnicity. Right? Right. So if I mean yeah, it's an ethnicity. It's not a race. So you can be white and be Latinx. Mm-hmm. You can be black. Look at Joe. Joe's black. Name man, Joe Torres. Yeah, and he's Puerto Rican. So mm-hmm. what's the, you know like Afro Latinx? I'm Dominican. Like Dominicans are like rather whether or not they acknowledge the fact that they're black. Dominicans are black. Right. Period. Right, we've seen the memes on Instagram talking about how <laughs> proud you are to be black on a scale of Nigerian to Dominican. On a scale of from Wakanda to DR. Like Wakanda. Nah, but that, but actually true. though, and like it's obviously true. I don't I don't experience that because like I I've never been one to deny something. Like at the end of the day, Dominicans are black, okay. Then so am I. That's it. Like there's no discussion about that. Like there's nothing to talk about. I can't deny that. I I'm I look dumb. And like I'm pretty light-skinned, so, like, people that look like me are the ones that deny it. I mean, there's also dark-skinned people that deny it, which really baffles right, that, me. Right, that, that's beyond um, me. But, like, it's people that look like me that are, like, the first people to, to say, oh, I'm, I'm Dominican, I'm not black. You sound dumb. You share an island with Haiti. Right, the, the only thing only thing I've seen this, this is one of my favorite things that I've seen, because you know I don't really mess with Twitter like that, but I get all my Twitter memes through Instagram. This wasn't even a meme. This is just realness. The only thing that separates... Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Haiti, Jamaica, all those other Caribbean islands is a boat stop. And you know what boat stop I'm talking about. You know what boat stop I'm talking about from 300 plus years ago. When people were being brought from Africa and they were placed on these different islands that weren't necessarily countries at first, but then they created their own culture and that's where I think it all stems from, of being black or not. I think that literally a boat stop is what separates certain people from believing that they're black and certain people from believing that they're not black. At the end of the day, Dominicans, at least I'm going to talk on Dominicans because that's my, that's my community. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we're mixed with European, we're mixed with black, and we're mixed with Taino, which is the indigenous people of those islands. Of right. the, of, okay. All right. So, if anything, you're mixed, right? Mm-hmm. You're mixed race. Mixed race people that are black still consider themselves black a lot of times. Yeah. Some people want to claim the white side, but no, like... Even if, like, you can you can claim both. Like, you can claim that you're white and you're black. Yeah. But, like, at the end of the day, when you present yourself, you're not going to be seen as a white person. Mm-hmm. Especially based off physical appearance, too. But I don't I don't think I look like a white person. Um, I don't think so, either. I've never for gotten what, that in my life. Um, I have never... And, like, th- that's what I mean. Like, I've, I've never been confused for a white person. I've never been taken as a white person. Like, mm-hmm. I've gotten Moroccan. I've gotten, like, Middle Eastern. I've gotten, like... And all the countries in Latin America, like, I've never gotten Spanish, like, from Spain. And I've never gotten, like, American-American. Like, I mean, like, U.S.-U.S., like, mm-hmm. like, someone from the U.S. So that's my thing. Like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to deny it when it's very evident that I'm not white. Um, and so, like, yeah. I'm black, period. And then what? There's, there's, I know black people that are lighter than me. Mm-hmm. I know black people darker than me. I mean, and they're and they're mixed with different. Well, but you get the point of being Latinx, and if you claim you only want to claim your Latinx side, even though you also have that Afro side to you, which honestly, at that, the end of the day, that's a segue I think, to the I next think question. I think about it like yeah. this: culturally, like obviously, I'm Latinx, mm-hmm. I'm Latino. Culturally, like I'm Dominican, like I speak Spanish. That's my culture. It's always it always has been. Racially. It's not a race, and I'm not white. Right. <laughs> like, there's only so many options. Mm-hmm. There's only so many options. Mixed race, obviously, like, is the best category because it is a mixed race. But right. at the end, like, they're still black at the end of the day. Uh, and it it annoys me when people will, and it's happened here, when people will condemn Dominicans for not claiming that they're black, but then they meet a Dominican that claims that they're black, and they, oh, you're not black. How does that make sense? And right. I, I almost cursed again. How does that make sense? It doesn't. It How really... do you in the same breath say, oh, Dominicans don't claim that they're black. I don't with Dominicans because they don't claim their blackness. But then turn around and when you meet a Dominican that claims that they're black, oh, you're not black, you're Dominican. You're not black, you're Latino. And what is that? That's stupid. Right, that doesn't add up. I think that segues to the next question. Make it make sense. To what extent do we recognize the Afro-Latinx community? Is it when it's convenient? And, or when is it exactly? And when I think about that, I think about Cardi B, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously her mom is Trinidadian. She, her dad is Dominican. She's my skin color. Like, mm-hmm. um, And she's always claimed that she's black. Like she says the N-word, whatever. Like she has always claimed that she's black. She's a light-skinned black person who's Afro-Latina. And that's okay. Like, we can claim, like, pe- like this is my thing. Like, a lot of the times people will claim Cardi B. Like, the black community will claim Cardi B because Cardi B is popping. Like, period. Right. She's one of the hottest artists. Not just artists. In the music world right now. Period. In the world. Um, not, not even just the music world. In the world. Like, she's doing commercials. She's doing TV. She's, like, filming a show on Netflix. She's she got a Super Bowl commercial coming on tomorrow. She's got a Super Bowl commercial. She's she's doing a concert today in Atlanta. Like she's doing festivals. Like 
and she she did a whole tour like in Australia, New Zealand, and what you call it like. So at the end of the, she's getting like European awards for like best like global artist best whatever, and and so. Yeah, like we can claim her because we can be proud of her. Like we want to be proud of the fact that Cardi like Cardi B is black and she's doing that. Right. But in the same vein, like when it's it's not the Cardi B's, when it's the regular me, like or and it's the regular so and so, then you're not black. Because I've gotten that a lot, like, and which is part of the reason why I don't talk about it. Like if you if you like know me here, you know I don't talk about it at school at here at least. Mm-hmm. And I I spoke about this in my IGR. It's because like. People are so quick to say, "Oh well, you're not, you're not this, you're not that," and it's, that's related to the first question, which is why I pair these two together. Um, you're not this, you're not that, like you're not, you're not, you're not black. Da da da. When like, if we're going by what, what are we going by? Growing up in the hood because I did that. If that's what we're we're qualifying blackness, I did that. I went to public school. I did that. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of stuff. I I saw that. Like, so so what like. What is what like what is it then like why 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 is it changing? Every time like I like you know. I think because I'm I don't want to generalize or anything, but but I think it scares people that you're able to connect so well, and the fact that you are Afro Latinx and people don't want to necessarily believe that because you're a lot of people believe you're either one or the other, and that that comes from opposite opposite sides of the community. It's what there's, I'm, there's like, no that's intersection why it's so between difficult. the two. It's so difficult because, like, then for, like, the Dominicans, they're like, oh, we're not black, like, blah, 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 blah. But then on the other side, on, on on their side, like, I'm not Dominican enough because I'm not from DR. I wasn't born there. I used to, like, spend the summers over there. But I wasn't born there, like, whatever. For the black people here, I'm not black enough physically and, like, in whatever other way. Right. And even if I was darker skinned, people who I know that people I know people that are dark skinned that are also like some sort of Latinx that still get it. Mm-hmm. They still get ridiculed. Oh, you're not black. You're Spanish. And that that might also purely be off namesake for your for you too. If you were to come up to somebody and say my name is Enrique Rosado, they'd be like, oh, he's whatever. And then they'll make a generalization. They'll stereotype and be like, oh, he's from Puerto Rico. He's from some other Latin American country when they really don't know your story. I think that's another thing that ties into it as well is there are 7,500 people on this campus. That's a lot. That's a lot of stories that we really don't know. Honestly, I don't really know your full story and I've known you for eight years now. It's a long time. And I think that we can't be so quick to jump to say someone isn't black or not even just black but isn't a certain social identifier just because you don't necessarily know who they are does someone scare you because someone can be both from african descent and from latinx descent does that scare people at the end of the day like to be like to be latinx is literally a region it's a regional thing like it's, it's a physical geographical thing like it's whether or not your 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 descendants come from a place that is in Latin America. Uh-huh. Latin America is a, a geographical, like you can you can map it out where that is, like all of South America, right, and some countries in the Caribbean, and Central America. That's it, and and um Mexico. 
right, pretty much from the U.S., like Texas on down is. That's it. Yeah. Very simple. You qualify if you're from any of those countries. But there's Asian people. I there's there's Chinatown in DR. And so then what? Those people aren't Latinx because they're not. No, they are. They're born, literally born in DR, live in DR, speak Spanish, speak Chinese, or speak Japanese, or whatever. Right. It's the same thing. You like you know like. I think that there, especially because there, there's a disconnect between certain communities. If you don't come from a purely, let's take the DR. If you don't come from a purely Dominican household, if you came from Chinatown, you're gonna be looked at a lot different than someone that came up in any other city in the Dominican Republic. Because you scare people in that you don't fit the norm of what people think is a regular Dominican. There are a lot of people, not even just from the Latinx perspective, but from a Caribbean perspective, China and Jamaica have a a connection and that there are a lot of Chinese Jamaicans all over. There's a lot of white Jamaicans. There's a lot of white Jamaicans. There's a lot of different races from different countries in Jamaica, and race and ethnicity should not be inter. I mean, obviously, they should be intertwined, but I think they're two separate things. They they are two separate things, and that's that's should. the issue. Like people don't really acknowledge that. People don't get that, and that's just a matter of people not doing the research. But we we gotta wrap it up, as they once said. Oh, there we I go. Did it last time. There we go. All right, so we're up out of here. Platanos and Grace with Tyler and Enrique, and before we close, I just want to say. Happy birthday, happy early birthday to my main man. If you didn't know, tomorrow <sighs> is not just Super Bowl Sunday. It's not just Villanova versus Georgetown. The first priority is that it is Enrique's birthday. He will Period. be living it up. He will be having dinner at Outback. Everybody pull up. No, I'm playing. Don't. Tyler. Don't pull up. Tyler. Anyway, Tyler. Enrique. No, no, don't tell him I might get. What? Thank you for asking me to be a part of this show. Thank you for being such a good friend for so long. I'm all, I'm gonna put this all in the text at midnight anyway. But I just want to put this out there to the people that I love my boy. I'm gonna cry. Happy early birthday, Enrique. I'm so emotional. Much love. I love you, man. <laughs> we'll be back in seven days. Special guest. Stay tuned for who it is. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. <laughs>